Life Audio. We talk a lot about taking thoughts captive in the church, right? We kind of stop the verse and truncate it there. So I want to take these thoughts captive, yes. And then we don't know what to do with them. Am I just going to sit with them or stare at them? But I feel like remembering is a way to line them up with truth. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. And after a quick word from our sponsors, my guest, Katie Westenberg, and I will be back to talk about how we can pay attention to God in a world full of distractions. Hello, I'm Carol McCracken, and I'd like to invite you to join me and our team on the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. This podcast examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm excited to tell you about the new series the host team will share with you during this season of Lent. Each episode will be a journey to the cross. We will follow Jesus through some of his most significant steps in the Gospels, focusing on a particular verse as we always do. It'll be a progressive series. Join us daily as we follow Jesus doing what he was born to do to save us all. You can find us on Life Audio or whatever you listen to podcast content on. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Katie Westenberg is first a follower of Christ, a wife, and a mom growing faithfully alongside her four homeschooled children. She believes boldly in the transformative power of faith in Jesus Christ. As an author and a speaker, she teaches women to grow a robust theology of who God is, to become students of scripture, and to learn to live that truth out with courage. She serves a thriving community of women at katiewestenberg.com, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. And she makes her home in the lovely Pacific Northwest. Well, Katie, thank you so much for making some space to be with us today. Thanks for having me, Jody. It's an honor to be here. So you've been thinking and writing deeply on distraction and how it can not only disrupt our lives, but also really halt our spiritual formation. And so I want to just dive into the deep end and get a little personal with you (laughs) to start with. And tell us, how did you start noticing that distractions were having, you know, more of an impact on your life than you wanted them to? Well, I think for me, it was kind of gradual, just leaking in from every direction. But it seems like for a lot of us, there's this general sense of it's too much, right? There's there's too much information coming in. There's too much to seek out. We spend too much time doing certain things and and our focus is lost. Our attention spans are lost in that, but we just don't really know what to do with that. So some of that ambiguity was growing in me thinking this kind of feels like a cancer, but I don't really know what to do with it because it's also a helpful tool in our world in this day and age. So back up and tell me a little bit more about what do you mean it's also a helpful tool in our world. And are you talking about technology? Tell me a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like just the ability to communicate with you right now. It's it's a real part of the work we do in so many different ways. I can get on my phone and look up a recipe for dinner rather than search it out of a recipe box, right? But some of the difficulty comes with that comes with that is the distraction that is so close at hand. Distractions aren't new, but their availability to approach us and the algorithms that are set against us are, are kind of at a feverish pitch. So it makes it so much harder. And whereas I would be grabbing a recipe box before. Now I'm grabbing my phone and I'm only half a swipe away from looking at what someone else is making for dinner and I'm down a rabbit trail. I don't really want to be down. So the battle is harder, although distractions really aren't new. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how I grab my phone a lot of times with really good intent. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to figure something out or need directions or I'm looking for what, I'm just wondering about something and I can ask Siri or Google and I get to know the answer to that question right away, mm-hmm. which is great-ish. Mm-hmm. It has some downsides. We get a little pulled away from how we used to have to remember things like exercising the muscle in our brain. And then I think the other downside that you're getting to is that we're half a swipe away from all the other things in the world that want to distract us. And I cannot count how many times I picked up my phone and thought, now, what was I looking for in the first place? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I got sucked into some other rabbit hole. So I know this is true. Now, as a follower of Christ, we want to be careful with how we are letting distractions rule us. And one of the things that you talk about, and I didn't mention this in your introduction, but you have just released a book called, But Then She Remembered, and it's how to give God our full attention in a distracted world. And so I'm curious how you noticed that this was actually starting to degrade your relationship with the Lord in some way, these distractions. Mm-hmm. Well, on the most surface level, we find it just can consume a lot of our time, these distractions, right? All of a sudden we grabbed our phone for that one good thing. And 15 minutes later, I'm still looking for something, right? So just being aware of that. And at the same time, everything I write about really just comes from my own time spent in the word and and noticing things. And so this was about three or four years ago when I was reading through the Bible one time, cover to cover, and just noticing the themes of remembrance. And it seems like when you start looking through a lens like that, it just starts jumping out on you. You see it everywhere. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. we're commanded to remember. And what? happens when God's people forget. So really distraction is a symptom of a heart posture that's leading us down a different track. And remembrance is really getting beyond that surface level issue. It's really not about our phone because if it's not our phone, it's going to be something else. But what is the heart posture behind this that's going to lead me somewhere that I don't really want to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said that, I thought, yeah, it feels like the whole Old Testament is the story of what happens to God's people when they forget <laughs> because is, over and is. over and over again, God's people forget. And right. I love that you suggested we meditate on Psalm 77 because it really does ask us to lean into remembering. So let me read it for us real quick. And I would love us to just chat about that Psalm. And even as you meditated on it before we got on the call, what the Lord kind of brought to your mind. So Psalm 77 says this, I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. 
what God is great like God. You are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the peoples with power. You redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. So this whole Psalm is amazing. Honestly, it's hard to just pull these few verses out, but these verses are really powerful. Katie, tell me a little bit about kind of where the Lord took you in that and remind what he reminded you of. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I remember feeling this exact place that David is in. Well, we don't know if David wrote this Psalm, but the Psalmist is in at this place. And, and I think a lot of us have in different ways, right? So for me, it was when my first book was coming out. And, and for the most part, we talked about that I'm home with my kids. So this is my primary job right now, but stepping into writing this book was a, a new opportunity that God had opened doors for. And with that comes opportunities to do podcasts and all these things that really aren't a part of my normal life. So it's a new challenge for me, but it could be anything for any of us. We're in a season of a new diagnosis or a new job, or our kids are at different stages, or we're tending to aging parents. And we're all of a sudden in this new area, we've not been here before. And I don't really know how to handle this. And I remember feeling the overwhelm of that, the schedule that's fuller than it normally is with different things that I don't normally do. And I had called a friend and said, you know, I'm feeling this like anxious nervousness and I'm not typically an anxious person. So this was new, but I don't really like it. And I don't know what to do. Is this just what it's like to be an author. You just feel this way. And she asked me the question that I needed more than anything in that moment. She asked, Katie, I want to ask you what you're believing to be true about God right now. Mm. And that was so humbling to cut through. What what am I believing to be true about God? I'm anxious because I believe, honestly, if I'm just going to tell you the truth, that that he's going to hang me out to dry here, that he led me this far and he mm. doesn't part seas. He doesn't come through. He doesn't love me enough. Like that's the theology that I'm living out right now. And it was horrifying, right? Like just made me swell up with tears instantly. Like this is not what I believe. And so this is what David is doing in this Psalm. He's saying, I feel all of this. He starts out with, I'm feeling the rough of all of it. And it's real. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It's tough. And, but when I remember who God is, that I can take my mind and my, my eyes off of what's in front of me for half a second. And say, oh, wait, this is the God that part sees. He is holy. And if I believe that to be true, it is going to change how I behave in this moment. So when I read the psalm, I was like, I've been there with him. And, and he knows our frame. He planted this here so we can see it and like give us instructions on not, not only is this a beautiful psalm, but it's instructive. This is what we can do here. This is how we can pivot in that moment and change our focus. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. As I was even reading it and preparing for our time together, I was thinking there's there's something so beautiful about this remembrance, you know, and it is, like you said, it's specifically about the exodus of God's people. And so he certainly is recalling the parting of the Red Sea and and the manna in the wilderness and all the all these miraculous things that God did to care for his people to bring them out of slavery. And it's also for us. That's what I was thinking is we too have a call to remember not just what God did ages ago, but what he did yesterday and what Mm -hmm. he did the day before that Mm -hmm. and his faithfulness. And I love your honesty even about how we operate is actually telling on us. We would never say out loud, I believe God's going to hang me out to dry. I mean, maybe we would actually, but I, I wouldn't actually like say that. Okay. I'll just Mm -hmm. speak for myself. I wouldn't actually say that yet. I act like it all the time. (laughs) My actions Mm -hmm. don't 
portray a trust in him because I'm not remembering what he's done. And that's very dangerous. We're going to pause here for a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app. I'm curious, so what are some of the ways that you have implemented into your life how to remember God and remember what He's done? Well, there's a a lot of practical ways we can do that. One is just tucking away that question. So when we do feel fear rise up, I mean, there are, literally difficult situations when you get and there's a diagnosis or or any of these hard challenges of life. So I'm feeling this and I'm not going to pretend I'm not feeling it. I'm not put pasting a nice smile on it. Oh, this isn't a big deal. No, actually it is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what do I know about God? What can I like trace from my history with him? My history throughout scripture I've read through, I, I love using borrowed faith here. What are things that have happened in my parents' life or in missionary biographies I've read? Like, I want to plant those stories of truth and I want to bring them back. That's what recalling is, right? Like remembering is just bringing it back to mind and changing my action because, because of it. Um, another simple tool that I think we just overlook is memorizing scripture, right? I want to stay in that scripture, not necessarily for today as much as for tomorrow. Because I want to call that to mind again. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help me in that. In John 14, when Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, he tells his disciples that I'm going to give you a helper and he's going to teach you all things and help you remember the things I've taught to you. So like he can help us bring these things. It's not all on me to flex a muscle and like, okay, what do I need to remember here? But he can trigger our brains Mm -hmm. to remember who God is and how we want. It's It's his fruit that is helping us act in these moments. Yeah, I love that it, the spirit does help us remember. And that is such a key, even just to the work that we do on this podcast and thinking about just the spirit helping us dive into the word, letting it become living and active. And the truth is he can help us remember, but we have to have something to remember in the first place, which is why I love even that you talked about memorizing scripture the spirit, I mean, listen, God can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to put that limit on him, but the way he mm-hmm. tends to operate, the usual mode is that we meditate on his word. We put it into our heart. And when we need it, the spirit is faithful to draw it out and remind us of it. So I love that. also loved your word about borrowed, borrowed faith. That's mm-hmm. so, so good. And which I think is, just another spiritual discipline of sharing our testimony with other people, reminding people mm-hmm. what God did in our lives and not, not right. I think we're quick to write a lot of things off as great circumstances. Oh, the, the diagnosis came back clear. The scan came back clear. Whew, we, we averted that crisis instead mm-hmm. of really telling the story with God's fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. That's really good. You know, one of the things that, I I want us to just dive into a little bit is just how tricky our memory can be and how our brains like to rewrite things, maybe not 
truthfully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, whether it's just because we're distracted, like I walk into a room and I have no idea why I'm there, or it's just that I can't remember a, someone, a friend's birthday or a phone number anymore. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about just even some of the things that you discovered about memory and helping us kind of work that muscle in our brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating to read the neuroscience behind some of this and the publisher let me dive into that nerdy side of it a little bit. But it's amazing to see that God made capacity for that and allowance for that and grace for that. Like he's made our bodies to do what he's called us to do. So when we look into some of the science on how those synapses connect and how we can form those memories and recall them, it's pretty incredible to see how they line up. But he's also there with us and our weaknesses and our tendencies to not remember. So even as we see that, yes, the story of the Israelites is, man, some really good forgetters. And I, I so quickly like to think, oh, I, I would do a better job than that. Right. <laughs> you know, we like to think that, but he was compassionate with them every time in his compassion, in his grace, he provided again. And then he also made provision for their forgetfulness. We're going to set up these stones here and then you're going to tell your kids and you're going to pass that on. Why? Because they wouldn't remember the story needed to be retold. So he, he set up parameters on which we could do this and do this well. And, and so we don't have to be ashamed by our weakened memories, but we know that these are muscles that we can flex and we can call on the Holy Spirit to ha- help us. So we don't sit in this guilt of like, man, I messed up again. He's like, yeah, and you're going to walk with me again here and we're going to do this again and we're going to remember again and I'm going to stay in scripture and I'm going to have good friends that help point me back to truth. And, you know, Paul in, Philippians 3, he starts out saying, I'm going to tell you these things again, because it's no trouble for me and it's safe for you. Like those are the boundaries and we're recalling truth. Mm. Those are boundaries that keep us safe. So we're just going to stay in that. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just actually in Philippians 3 and which is where I thought you were going with this about where he's saying that he's forgetting what is behind Mm-hmm. Which is what you were just talking about with this grace really mm-hmm. is what I felt like you were describing. God is saying, yes, you forgot. And mm-hmm. yes, we're going to just keep going. And that's mm-hmm. what Paul was saying in Philippians 3, 13, I think in 14, basically, I for, I'm forgetting what is behind me and I'm striving toward what is ahead. Because we can get so stuck in the past and so stuck in our mistakes. And that's where I think remembering can be a really negative thing when all we're doing is remembering, oh, I messed that up. I really, really messed that up. Surely this person isn't going to forgive me, much less God isn't going to forgive me, which is really bad theology. God, of course, is going to forgive you because of Jesus. But yeah, that's that's really good. Tell me a little bit more about practices that you've put into your life as good boundaries for helping you remember. Well, some of that is just the the forming good habits for that. Like, like if we talk about scripture memorization, it's difficult. It, it's not easy, you know. And even as I wish to practice that faithfully, I can't say that it's gotten a whole lot easier. I'm in Psalm 139. And sometimes I'm amazed, but man, I worked hard on that. So it's just putting forth the effort that I'm going to do it and I'm going to trust God to grow the fruit with that. So sometimes it's like it comes really, really quickly. And other times I feel like it's not. But even when I'm trying to memorize it, I'm meditating on his word 
just to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So there's fruit growing, whether like I could quote Psalm 139 perfectly for you right now or not. I'm going to trust that his word does not return void. So I'm putting, I'm going to do the effort even when I can't see the fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have also been trying to put memorization into my my practices. And I think the thing that's discouraging is how quickly I forget <laughs> because, mm-hmm. and I had someone on the podcast a couple of months ago talking about scripture memory. And he was saying, well, you have to remember. I mean, you have to remind yourself. You mm-hmm. can't memorize it and walk away from it because if you don't use it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, how come nobody told me that? <laughs> Which is why I can, I don't know my mother's telephone number because mm-hmm. I put it in my phone and I never had to remember it again. Well, what is some advice that you have for us when things start to feel maybe distracting or we notice that we're, you know, maybe attached to the phone too much and doing exactly what we said at the very beginning of picking up our phone and thinking to, okay, what I said at the beginning, I'm going to tell on myself, picking up my phone and saying, gosh, I have no idea why I just picked up my phone. And here I am 20 minutes later, and I don't even know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. What is some advice that you have for us? My favorite trick with that is just speaking to the distraction itself, which sounds kind of weird, but I just say it out loud. I am getting on my phone to look up a recipe right now. So what that does is it in my brain, I'm acknowledging what I'm doing. I'm also being accountable to anyone else that's in the room. Usually for me, I'm home with four kids, right? So mom's okay. Mom's weird. She's getting on the phone for a recipe right now, but it's holding me accountable to what I'm doing because the tricky part is I can go down these lanes and there's no one to hold me accountable right now. Like I'm not, if it was gosh, back in different days, maybe I'm all of a sudden picking up a soap opera magazine or whatever, you know, like I'm picking something else up so they can see it. But now it's also private on our individual spaces. So when I say what it is I'm doing, that holds me more accountable to that. Or if I'm on social media scrolling, okay, I'm entertaining myself right now. And I want to be able to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with someone needing a downtime need, but how am I choosing to do that? So I'm going to say what it is that I'm using this time for. And that helps me when it's spoken, line that up is this how I want to spend my life. Mm-hmm. If I need a five minute break because I need to check out for a minute, that's fine. But 35 minutes later, I, I want to be able to acknowledge that this isn't how I want to spend my days. This isn't how I want to honor the Lord with my time. So it's time to move on. So just saying those out loud is helpful, a helpful tool to get behind what I'm doing and, and make me acknowledge like straight out what I'm spending my minutes on, because then it, then it invites the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Okay. That's a good thing to be doing. And I, and I tell my kids that I'm paying bills right now. I want them to know because they're learning these habits from me. There's all kinds of things we're doing through these phones, but I want them to know whether I'm using it fruitfully or not. I just need to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a mindfulness routine really. Mm-hmm. And I love that you even just said, yeah, it's, fine to be distracted for a moment and to take a little downtime and give our brain a break. Because I think we can swing to the other side and say, well, no, I must always be productive. And God didn't create us to do that either. So there is this, you know, rhythm and flow that we need to pay attention to and being mindful. That's an excellent tip. Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. Mm -hmm. Well, as we close, I'd love to know just is there anything else about remembering well or distractions that you 
learned as you were moving through this process of writing your book that you think would be helpful for us? I, th- I think sometimes we we talk a lot about taking thoughts captive in the church, right? We kind of stop the verse and truncate it there. So I want to take these thoughts captive. Yes. And then we don't know what to do with them. Am I just going to sit with them or stare at them? But I feel like remembering is a way to line them up with truth. So we want to take thoughts captive and bring them into obedience. So it's the next step. Okay. This is not what I want to be thinking of. This is not true. If we go back to my story earlier, I don't believe these things to be true about God, but I'm acting as if they're true. So right then it becomes a time to confess before the Lord. This is what I'm believing. And just like David, but I want to remember who you are here because this is what I believe. This is what I believe my whole life. So this is where I can take it and make it become active, make it become obedient. And because I believe this is who you are and how you love and what you have done throughout my life and throughout all of scripture, I'm going to proceed differently. So yes, it might still feel a little bit overwhelming, but even so it's not overwhelming if I know you're walking this out with me. So taking those thoughts captive and actually beginning to have a plan on how we're going to live and remember and then act differently has been really helpful. So that, that's my prayer for the words of these book. It's a beautiful prayer. Well, thank you so much for just making some space to chat with us, Katie. I'm going to put links in the show notes for how you can find Katie, how you can get her book. I have really enjoyed reading it. Katie, you're an excellent writer. Thank you. You tell great stories. I laughed multiple times. <laughs> and especially your stories, your story at the beginning about forgetting the name of a certain food. So you're all going to have to read that because I was like yelling it at you. <laughs> I needed you. <laughs> I know. You know, it's that it's that bean dip that you can get in Mediterranean places, and it's called... Hummus. Finally hummus. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great story of how things are just right there, and we need to remember them, and that is then can be extrapolated into a spiritual principle. So friends, I do hope you'll make some space to read that. And again, thanks, Katie, for making some space to be with us. Oh, it was my pleasure, Jody. Thank you. Well, I do want to take a quick second before we close just to thank the team of Life Audio for their partnership with us. So if you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and even this one on scripture, meditation, and thoughtful conversation. As always, I want to thank you again for joining me and Katie today on So Much More because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.